Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Final day of January 20 and 24. It's also the final hour of Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. Yes, sir. And a pretty important date. And as you always, and I appreciate CB uh, reminding, but uh, January 31st is always one of the great birthday days in sports because it is the birthday of Nolan Ryan. Oh, nice. Jackie Robinson. Wow. And Ernie Banks. Okay. And as he added, uh, CB added uh, Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson. All That's share a January, a 131 birthday. Nolan Ryan. Jackie Robinson, Ernie Banks. Let's there, play two. There's another one like that, too. I'll have to find it. There's another birthday that has, like, a lot of goats from the sports world. Isn't that crazy? Dude. Yeah, that is – that's one I, – I did not – that's crazy. But there's another one like that. I'll find it. I'll find it here in a second. It's also 31 years ago today. The Cowboys beat the Bills in Super Bowl 27. Their first, Troy Aikman was your MVP. 52-17 final. And then six years later, 25 years ago today – a Super Bowl you alluded to yesterday, Rod. Denver beat the Atlanta Falcons 34-19. to Oh, I remember that one. To win uh, th- mm-hmm. Super Bowl 33. Denver quarterback John Elway was the MVP and then, of course, did the helicopter play and then he retired. See you later. Helicopter into the end zone. And that was it for John Elway. He uh, one of the – He's few, one of the few to, to leave right on top. Right into the sunset. He didn't, he, he didn't allow the – usually the game gets done with you. He was done with the game. Yes, he was done with the time. game. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, oh, yeah, it's December 30th. Tiger Woods, LeBron James is on December 30th. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. There's some other ones too, but yeah, December 30th is one of them crazy holidays with a lot of great athletes having common randomly. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, there's been a lot of conversations today as we roll into our final hour and uh, talking all things Cowboys, obviously, because Jerry Jones really for the first time, I want to say broke his silence, but he hadn't said much. He didn't do his radio interviews right after the Packers game, and now we're all the way to the week off before the Super Bowl, and Jerry uh, surfaced and held court with some interviews, and as we've talked about all morning, um, I don't say it didn't make any sense, but he was kind of all over the place. I mean, uh, to the, the mixed messages of backing your head coach, who's around the rim, Rod, we'll play that audio coming up. He keeps talking about how they're close. He, you know, because it's, it's everything we've said, right? Mike McCarthy stabilized this organization from what it was with Jason Garrett where it was a roller coaster ride. And they're now winning 12 games a year. Uh, and they're you know, winning division titles, and they're putting themselves in the playoffs at a good place. Uh, so to Jerry's point of around the rim, that's good. But, that's so, so, so reward the coach with a new extension, right? I mean, that would be the logical next step. Yep. We like our coach. We think we made a good decision. He's been great for Dak Prescott. Uh, he's been great for our overall regular season. But, you know, at the same time, he says we're, we're, we, we think we made a great decision with, with, Jerry, with uh, Mike McCarthy. There's no new contract. So he's going into the fifth year and final year of his contract. So the lame duck status applies. And uh, Jerry was clear there's no intention of doing so. So, you know, are you backing your coach or you're not backing your coach? And he's then not. you throw out the Bill Belichick thing because, uh, you know, people he's just holding court. So people ask other questions. Somebody asks about Belichick and he says, I want to make it clear I could work with him. And I think he's one of the best coaches of all time. It's like, what? And I could work with him. I think he's trying to send a message to Mike McCarthy more so than the fans that, hey, Mike McCarthy, you, you're in the hot seat, brother. You, 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 the reason that you are not getting extensions is because you did not, you did not accomplish the goal, which was to get past the divisional round. Your 12 wins are great, and he'll publicly shower you with praise for your 12 wins. But privately, 
you're you're not getting the job done because the job essentially right now calls for you to help your team advance past the divisional round. And if you don't, the season is considered a failure, no matter what you did in the regular season. 100%. No matter and, what you did. And I, I, we knew that before a game was played this exactly. year. Exactly. And, but that's, I mean, I, this is why, I, you know, Jerry sounds like a confused guy, but because he, he is confused. He doesn't, didn't expect this to happen this year. Uh, and so, you know, when, when you're selling stay the course, Rod, and let's run it back, you're selling a head coach who's had three different years of 12 wins mm-hmm. and hasn't advanced. You have a quarterback who's in his eighth year yep. of not leading you, but you're trying to sell it that that's going to work. But why, why, why would it work, Jerry? If it hasn't worked to this point, why is it now going to work, especially because you're about to be in the, the worst cap place that you've been in a while? Um, this is, but he doesn't have an easy answer for this, but he wants to answer. Of course, he's the lead story on all the, the shows this morning on you know, mm-hmm. Fox and ESPN, and everybody's talking Jerry, which is good for, for the brand, I guess. But at the same time – And they're going all in. Don't forget that. Oh, right. also going well, that's all right. In. That's the ultimate Don't mixed message. Don't forget the all in, too. <laughs> well, how are you actually going all in? <laughs> it doesn't matter if you are. Just say it. Yeah. Like a politician. Does it, does it matter if you actually believe in the stuff you say? No, you're the politician right now. You just say it, and hopefully people will listen, and hopefully they'll believe you. But right now the problem is I don't think a lot of Cowboys fans are believing that's him. That's exactly which right. Which is why he's just saying more and more stuff, gaslighting them, so that they will just believe anything he says, whether it be the Bill Belichick thing or the we're all in thing or – you know, he hasn't, like you said, maybe they're looking at his actions. The fact that he hasn't extended Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott. None of it adds up to a consistent message or a consistent vision for the Cowboys. And that's the problem. Yeah. We have no idea where they're, where they're going because well, they I, have no idea where they're going. And I'll going. give Jerry this credit. I think over the last couple of years, I think there was a consistent vision. I think yeah. they were building this team. This last offseason was the one where they finally you know, went out and acquired some, some key veterans through trade and brought in Brandon Cooks and brought in Stephon Gilmore uh, and made them because they had been you know, not hitting the free agent market or the trade market mm-hmm. unless they were trading Amari Cooper away and not replacing him. So last offseason, I think there was a shared vision of this is what is, and it didn't work. And they got beat by the youngest team in the playoffs at home badly. So it's now, when I want to say drop back to the drawing board, but they're trying to sell the same vision, but we all know it can't be the same vision, but he doesn't know what that vision can be. He doesn't know what the next step is. So this is what we're hearing. It's like, okay, well, because now not only did you not advance, especially in a year in which your, your, your main division foe, Philadelphia, collapsed. And this was a year, and you did take advantage of it as far as a division title went. But guess what? Detroit went past you. Green Bay went past you uh, in the NFC. As you come back in the next year. The Niners are already past you. Niners are already ahead of you. And the Eagles said, you know what? Screw stay the course. We're firing everybody except for our head coach. We're going to go out and get Kellen Moore. We're going to go out and get Vic Fangio. We're not going to stand pat. No, we're going to we that's not acceptable what happened with us this year. And because we were in the Super Bowl a year before we're we're moving. And so, you know, to your point of the fans, fans can see all this. They can see Jerry selling BS and uh, the mm-hmm. teams around him. I mean, heck, Green Bay beat them badly. And then they fired their defensive coordinator and said and well, that wasn't good enough. enough. <laughs> yeah. get enough. But you dominate the Cowboys. So the Cowboys are not our goal. Yeah. Beating the Cowboys is not our goal. Yeah, we were, we were 27th <laughs> in points allowed. Yeah, yeah, that is not our goal. And, yeah, just for the Cowboys, you know, what's your goal? Is your goal to get to the NFC title game? Well, then there are certain measures you need to take. Yeah. And I don't know if the organization is willing to take those measures and they're not willing to make those, those bold, difficult decisions. And oftentimes that comes back to Jerry Jones. 
And it all does. It all does. So. And But, you know, it's fun to hear them talk about around the rims, and we'll play that sound for you coming up. Also, Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain, and uh, it's it's good stuff today. Well, bad stuff for fans, but good stuff on huh. the Patrick Mahomes conversation. Well, good stuff for Texans fans. Texas fans, you get Bobby Slowick coming back to the organization now as an OC. He's going to get a raise and an extension. Now, an extension doesn't mean a damn thing because he's probably going to leave next year, after next year. So you're keeping these guys. But remember, yesterday I just went over the stat that every offensive coordinator has changed for every team in the NFL in the last two years. So every team has changed an offensive coordinator at least once in the last two years. And 22 of the defensive coordinators have been turned over in the last two years in the NFL. That is a lot of turnover at the coordinator uh, spot. You're talking about an 84%, all right, plus percent of the teams have changed offensive and or defensive coordinators in the last two years. And yet last night you get two of the hottest names at the coordinator position, Bobby Sloick and Ben Johnson, both deciding that they want to stay uh, at the current stay with the current team that they are with, and they're two of the hottest names. And Ben Johnson is probably the hottest name in terms of a uh, head coaching candidate from an offensive coordinator position. So maybe this is you know, some of the uh, NFL teams. Maybe the trend is starting to uh, change a little bit, but it, that is remarkable considering what the trend has been recently, which is life as a coordinator is not. You know, it's a tough one, right? And it's not for long, just like the NFL says, because usually you end up being promoted really quickly. Look at Bobby Sloick, one year as a play caller. Now they already want this guy to be a head coach. Uh, you either promote it really quickly, sometimes prematurely, too quickly, or you're fired really quickly. <laughs> no, that was a that was a big development yesterday because, uh, and the way the the timeline worked out, the Washington Commanders were flying to Detroit there with their mm-hmm. brass to meet with Ben Johnson and really make him an offer uh, to hire him. And Ben Johnson got word out that. I'm not leaving. I'm not going to pursue either nope. your job or the Seattle job. And Seattle may not have even been an option for him, uh, but either way. Uh, and, of course, they had to fly back uh, with, with nobody. And so now they're kind of reassessing. And then Bobby Slowick's name immediately is, well, now they're going to go after Bobby Slowick because he's the McShanahan tree. Mm-hmm. He can develop young quarterbacks. Red Washington has the second pick. Uh, they're looking for one of those types. And, obviously, Bobby Slowick gets re-upped. And uh, one of my uh, thoughts this morning is that there are better jobs available next year than the Washington job, because the Washington job brings so much uncertainty because it's a brand-new owner. Um, there's no quarterback. You have to draft a QB. Uh, there's just a, That's one of those organizations, yeah. buyer beware. That might be, you know, because look what's happened to Carolina. Dave Tepper comes in with billions of dollars, but he's turned out to be a real bad owner. Uh, he's knee-jerk. He's meddling. He's involved. Um, you know, Josh Harris in Washington saying those things, but you just never know. Yep. So with the uncertainty, uh, you want to play. This is why I still think Dan Quinn makes some sense in Seattle where it's either Dan Quinn in Seattle or Mike McDonald, the Ravens, D.C., uh, but Washington, not a great job. So if you're Bobby Slowick and you're a rising star in the industry, if you're Ben Johnson and you're already a rising star but, and can have a chance to go back and still coach Jared Goff, you know, maybe do some finish, you know, make, mm-hmm. finish some business with the Lions – uh, who who feel like they're and there's a nice camaraderie there and as he said his family's happy in Detroit they like the yeah. team and the staff you know, you know grass isn't always greener kind of thing but at the same time next year Rod and next cycle as we've said there's been rumblings that Andy Reid could step aside and that the Kansas City Chiefs job is now available with Patrick Mahomes in his prime it's a dream job for so, anybody and other coaches who are kind of coaching at least the sentiment is if they don't succeed coaching for their jobs Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Um, Sean McDermott in uh, Buffalo with Josh Allen, uh, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, uh, and you would, I would also throw Jacksonville in there. 
with, with with Trevor Lawrence and company. If they underachieve again and Houston continues to you know pull away from them in the AFC North or South, that those are those are plum jobs for an mm-hmm. offensive mind, right? You get to go yeah. in and work with an established quarterback. Um, then, then that's maybe better than saying, you know what, I don't, you know, the uncertainty of Washington. Yeah, it's better for me to stay where I'm at, where I got C.J. Stroud and Jared Goff, and I can keep raising my level. And then next offseason might be the the perfect opportunity to take a really good job. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about the turnover uh, rate in the NFL for coordinators. That's because the uh, stint and the tenure for coaches at with one team has never been shorter. I mean, you're talking about uh, the average coach being with the team for less than four years. So the average NFL career is a little under four years. So I think that's a big part of it. So there's a good chance, like you just mentioned, there'll be six, seven jobs open next season. It's very likely that one or two of those will have a better quarterback situation than the ones that are options for you right now. So. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, but interesting. But that, 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 as I think about that, how amazing if uh, you know, the, 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 the spot that's got Josh Allen locked up and Trevor Lawrence and, and Jalen Hurts and obviously from, you know, you know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, those, are, those would be people – a lot of people would want those jobs, obviously. Oh, that's no doubt. And I if mean, you're Patrick, the... I'm working with him. That's a once-in-a-lifetime <laughs> role. I mean, honestly, you, I see somebody going there just to be the coordinator with Patrick Holmes as the coach and waiting until Andy Reid decides he wants to leave. 100%. I'd be like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be the man. And I'll be the, the next in line. I'll be the next in line with Mahomes. I can see you can get a really good coordinator just to put him in that role. And honestly, if, I am, if I'm Kansas City, I might think about that. If not going with your idea about Spagnola being the head coach, but then, because back knows, I mean, he's not young. He's not a, you know what I mean? Oh, he's been around. Yeah, and Ben Johnson, he's he, he's been in the league for a while, but he's he's still young in terms of being a play caller in the league. I that's something you should entertain as well if you're an organization like Kansas City to dangle the carrot up. Listen, you want to work with Mahomes in the future? Uh, we got a secession plan, and you're a part of it. Well, and I, you know, <laughs> the NFL's not big at giving power to players, but you would think Patrick Mahomes would have some say in that too. Oh, no doubt he would. Like who who yeah, yeah. who would you like to work with moving forward? Yes. Uh, we're not just going to drop somebody on you. Yep. You're the you're the face of this organization and uh, the greatest quarterback of this era. So let's uh, let's work together on this. That would make some some perfect sense. No question. All right, let's take a quick timeout because Rod, you got to you got to head to another. You got appointments this week. Yeah, I got appointments, man. Adulting. It Adulting. Uh, uh, not a fan of it. We're gonna get a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll take your thoughts. We're also gonna have Rod behind the burn orange curtain, and we're gonna have uh, this Jerry Jones audio about. Uh, we're at the rim. Cowboys are close. He's trying, and they're going for it. But uh, it doesn't seem because this Texas. Let me see if I get this correctly. You say award McCarthy a long term contract and uh, vacuum and vacuum, and then let's make changes. Which is it? What I'm saying is you're not doing either. Jerry's not doing either uh, in this case, right? He's not awarding a long-term contract. Well, I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but he's backing his coach. He's, he's, he's staying pat for this year is what he's telling you. But, you know, what do we expect to be different, right? So you're, you're, either, you're either getting better or you're getting worse, Rod. I mean, that's always the phrase, right? You're either improving or you're getting passed up. Uh, Cowboys are, are just on pause at this point. If you're not going to extend your coach who you say you believe in, um, then you're not moving forward there. No. Uh, if you're not going to blow it up, I mean, blow it up would be something you could sell. Like we we we're went rebuilding. Yeah, yep. we we went through eight years with this quarterback. We went through you know four years with this coach. We're still in the same place. We got to go a different direction. They're not doing either of those things. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what they're doing. They're playing for 2024. That's it. 
Um, that that's the message. Yeah. Well, and the problem with no is, changes, no significant changes. The NFC, you've had teams that you just pointed out that have passed you up. Looks like they're ahead of schedule. They're ahead of you. Yes. The Detroit Lions, like they're ahead of you. Green Bay now with a young quarterback versus out starter, they could leapfrog you. How? What are you going to do to keep these teams from leapfrogging you? Yeah, and if you're if you're indeed aware of where you are, you have been passed up by several teams now in the NFC, which had been more wide open. Well, then you probably should blow it up. You really should. But, you know, Jerry's 81 years old. Has he got the stomach for a, no, another rebuild? No, he doesn't. No. So, no. all right, we'll come back. We'll pick this thing up. Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll also get a little what's popping before we wrap this thing up on a busy Wednesday. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I just saw we're uh, ahead of the Senior Bowl this weekend as practices are underway. Longhorns have two players participating in practice this week, as we said, with uh, Byron Murphy, um, Jordan Whittington, and Jalen Ford all electing to not participate because they're not – whatever the reasons. Speculation is they're not 100% healthy, uh, don't want to do any harm to where they are, and they'll wait until the combine uh, coming up after a long regular season. Could be some nagging issues, and you want to be your best when you get to Indianapolis for the scouting combine, uh, senior bowl, one thing. But uh, Tavondre Sweat is participating, and obviously Christian Jones, who we told you yesterday is uh, playing really, really well and having some really good reps, especially in the individual one-on-one offensive line v. pass rush drills. Uh, did a good job yesterday. But ahead of uh, uh, draft season, because that is the uh, the moniker of the, of the senior bowl, the draft starts here. Uh, Mel Kuyper has ranked his top ten wide receivers in the 2024 draft. And uh, not surprisingly, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State is uh, number one. Um, Harry, uh, Kuiper says Harrison's been the top wide receiver all year. Nothing has changed. Uh, best skill set per NFL scouts because he's got that tremendous size and length and speed, route running. Of course, his father, Marvin Harrison Sr., one of the best route runners in NFL history. And it is interesting that uh, Brian Hartline, the, the great wide receivers coach, offensive coordinator at Ohio State, has said that one of the things that – really makes Marvin Harrison Jr. special is if you look at his body type, he's six foot two. I mean six foot two and a half. It'll be interesting to see what he measures in at at the combine. But he's he's got a long he's got a long torso. Like his legs are short. Like his legs when they when you if you were to measure them would measure that of a shorter person. Uh, but he's got this long torso so he measures out and he's got these long arms so he's rangy. He's got the size you're looking for, but he runs routes like a smaller, like one of these slot receivers. Uh, and he's got the top end speed, so it makes him really difficult to cover. And Rod has talked about this quite a lot that, you know, you know if you're covering a big receiver, you've got your, your game plan for a big receiver. They're not usually going to be as quick as the small guys, right? Uh, you got your small guy plan, you got your big guy plan. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a little bit of both, which is what makes him so dynamic as a player. Plus, it, the ability to high point the ball, the catch radius. I mean, he's just total package. Some have suggested within the scouting industry he's the uh, he's he's the best and most you know total package receiver to enter this draft. Uh, maybe since you know going back to Megatron uh, coming out of Georgia Tech, Calvin Johnson. Uh, obviously, Jamar Chase would be a guy you look at it at, at uh, uh, with with the Cincinnati Bengals to be in that type of player. But this guy looks like a can't miss player uh, out of Ohio State, and the thought would be he may end up with the Arizona Cardinals. 
Uh, if you look at the way the draft order goes, Arizona has the fourth pick of this draft, and the top three teams are likely to take quarterbacks. Uh, when you look at uh, the Chicago Bears, the uh, Washington football team, and the, uh, uh, the New England Patriots at one, two, and three, could be Arizona with a chance to take what a lot of people think is the draft's best player in Marvin Harrison Jr. Mel Kuyper has Rome Adunze from Washington as the number two wide receiver. Not a surprise either. A huge year, including against Texas in that uh, Sugar Bowl matchup. 1,640 yards and 13 touchdowns, and he's got the total package as well. Malik Neighbors from LSU is number three, according to Mel Kuyper. Uh, of course, he was catching a lot of passes from the Heisman Trophy winner. His teammate at LSU, Brian Thomas Jr., is listed at four. Uh, so, Malik, you know, Jalen Daniels, who's going to be drafted as maybe the third overall quarterback in this draft, you know, you see where his production came. It's pretty interesting, uh, Ty, that if you go back to Joe Burrow when he was the number one pick and won the Heisman Trophy – he had two dynamic receivers in Jamar Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson, who've gone on to be superstars in the NFL both. And now here comes Jalen uh, Daniels winning a, a Heisman Trophy, and he's got Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors, who are both expected to be drafted in the top 15 picks. Um, pretty interesting that LSU has done that you know, twice now in about a five-year period. No, they're definitely wide receiver you at this point. <laughs> and quarterback. I mean, to put in you know, the quarterback who won the Heisman and then two receivers. I mean, Justin Jefferson and, and, uh, and Jamar Chase are on the very short list of best receivers in pro football. I mean, they, those two guys are both elite talents. I mean, C.D. Lamb has put himself in that conversation, obviously, with the year he just had. Uh, Tyreek Hill is in that conversation. But, man, it's a very, very short list when you start talking about that. And here comes Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors. And then the Heisman Trophy winner will be. There's a lot of people think that uh, you know the, the three quarterbacks that, that, however they go in order, Caleb Williams one, Drake May and uh, Jalen Daniels will end up in the top three picks of this draft. Uh, but then those receivers to come pretty quick after. Uh, as for the Longhorns, by the way, we mentioned the back-to-back -back LSU players, but then Keon Coleman, the big receiver out of Florida State who had such a great year. He was the Michigan State transfer who was a one-time basketball player, if memory serves, and then ended up at Florida State. Xavier Worthy, Longhorn, is number six on this list, uh, according to, to Mel Kuyper, with A.D. Mitchell, his teammate here at Austin, number seven. Uh, so, you know, two of the top seven are Texas, two of the top four are LSU, and then you throw in uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. there. Uh, pretty cool. But uh, receiver, quarterback, and left tackle, uh, folks, seen as we begin the draft process, seen as the deepest and best positions at the top of this draft, uh, which is why, you know, you're not going to start, start seeing defensive players go off the board until later in the first round, and that's where you may see a guy like Byron Murphy coming off the board for Texas. But uh, pretty cool. Uh, with the wide receivers. What a great class this is. But the other thing that Rod always points out, and I think is true, Ty, uh, receiver is and will be can moving forward the most, the deepest position in, in you know, high school football, college football, and pro football. Uh, receivers are available. Uh, so if you're drafting at the top of the draft, do you go receiver because he can't miss? Or do you wait and maybe get a receiver in the second round that uh, is not, maybe not as good, but they're easier to find? Look, Puka Nakua, was taken in the, the fifth round by the L.A. Rams and came in and had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. So you can find receivers, or do you take you know, those, those elite players that in, in a game that is such a passing league, can you pass them up if you have a chance to take them early? Uh, I, I mean, if you can go get Marvin Harrison, I, I feel like that's, sure. a, that's a no-brainer. Right? Yeah, and that'd be good. And that, but that's where I think we're – because I think you're right about him – and I think you're right about Malik Neighbors, that uh, those guys are just they're just too can't miss to pass. But then we say if it's a deep draft for that position, 
and you have some other needs to fill, can you still, and this may push down a guy like Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell, right? That may push them into the second round because teams are going to say, you know what, what I really need right now is a pass rusher. What I really have to go get here is someone to protect my quarterback. I can get that receiver later. Uh, I can't not fill this hole, you know, corner, uh, fill this spot. I'll get the receiver in the second round. So that could, once the top two or three go off the board, you could see the receiver slide just a little bit. But we'll see because then you have teams at the back end of the first round that are looking for receivers, right? I mean, Kansas City needs a receiver with Patrick Mahomes and Buffalo with Josh Allen. If they don't re-sign Stephon Diggs, they need a receiver, uh, So, you, which would be ideal for a guy like Xavier Worthy or A.D. Mitchell to end up playing for a team like that uh, who needs a wide receiver. Heck, Cincinnati, uh, you know, the, there's a quote out today from their general manager, um, you know, on this because, you know, they already have Jamar Chase in Cincinnati uh, and they have T. Higgins, who's going to be a free agent and is available, apparently. And their general manager uh, just today he said, yeah, we, we would like to keep uh, T. Higgins, but there's only so much, uh, so many ways to slice the pie, which we all know, right? You, you cannot have two elite receivers under one salary cap. It's just not going to happen there, which the, the Bengals – but so the point of that is – if you're Joe Burrow and you're going to lose T. Higgins, could you add one of these receivers? And now you have a, a receiver on a rookie deal replacing T. Higgins who's going to move on, but you still have Jamar Chase as the number one option. So pretty cool. Receivers will be converse. That's Mel Kuyper's thoughts on where they stand. Uh, we'll hear this Jerry Jones piece of audio about uh, around the rim. Do we have uh, rods uh, behind the burn orange curtain there, T.Y.? We do. We do. All right, so uh, earlier in the day, uh, Rod took us behind the BOC because the Longhorns now have officially hired their defensive line coach. He has come in from the Miami Dolphins, and let's get some more thoughts from Rod. All right, let's uh, go behind the burn orange curtain time. It's uh, Longhorn football. There's a new coach on patrol and uh, on the job as of yesterday. Let's uh, get Rod's thoughts. And they were all asking themselves the same questions. What is behind that curtain? All right, yesterday, uh, Kenny Baker was officially announced as the defensive line coach. Uh, and I don't, I guess when you officially announce, that's when you can actually get on the recruiting trail. This was reported uh, you know, last week, actually. Um, but it became official. Uh, Texas put out uh, an announcement via social media. Kenny Baker had a social media blast as well. And he was already down in H-Town recruiting. Our man C.J. Vogel from On Texas Football does a really good job following recruiting. Um, actually had some uh, great nuggets from uh, his recruiting visit in H-Town. And, you know, that's one of the biggest, I'll say, questions from Longhorn fans about Kenny Baker is, hey, man, can he recruit? I think, you know, just giving Sark the benefit of the doubt uh, that Sark's done a really good job of vetting coaches and assembling his initial staff uh, that his personality lends itself to him being a great recruiter even if he hasn't been a coach at the highest levels for that long which is I believe 11 years total that he's been in coaching um, at the college or the pro level five years at the FBS or the NFL level um, I think the conversation Sark had with him his charisma uh, dynamic personality the uh, young man that he spoke to in age town uh landon uh landon rink he's a defensive lineman from cy fair you know they cy the cy the, the cy community yeah. a bunch of schools well, yeah, landon's dad i went to high school with, with landon's dad shane who played at texas back in the early yeah, there you go. Shane and i were good buddies growing up still, still uh, keep in touch so yeah shane is the defensive line coach 
uh, or is on the staff. I'm pretty sure he's defensive line coach at Cypher. Oh, nice. Where his I son plays. And, of course, Cypher is where Trey Owens, the Longhorns quarterback commitment of 2024, is coming yeah. in from. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Landon, uh, if Landon were to come to Texas, he would be a legacy, and uh, just like his, his pops. There you go. And uh, so Kenny Baker was visiting with him. Uh, Landon Rink said uh, Coach Baker was a cool dude. I like him a lot. He has great energy. Um, so just being able to relate to young people value relationships. I mean, that's where recruiting is. So even if he doesn't have the ties to Texas, there are enough folks on that staff that understand the uh, the culture of Texas high school football and the coaches and those different communities. So I'm sure he's getting the cliff notes about H-Town, about Houston, about Texas. So And, gosh, when you put on the burnt orange as a coach, it, it 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 helps you recruit. If you're a if you got a you know a charismatic personality and you are a guy that values relationships and you can communicate well, uh, putting on the burnt orange, putting on that brand, it will only you know emphasize those qualities. It'll only, in my opinion, uh, accentuate whatever great qualities that you have. Because people will – it'll open more doors. <laughs> All right? And I think that's the case with Kenny Baker. And that's something that Sark saw. Something else – and shout out to my man Jeff Howe of uh, Horns 24-7. We did our Longhorn Blitz podcast. And we were trying to yeah, – trying to figure out – just trying to theorize exactly where uh, Sark and Kenny Baker may have crossed paths. Like where did Sark get the recommendation for Kenny Baker? I initially thought maybe – and like I said, these are just theories. This is football theory. Maybe it was um, the – uh, the Shanahan connection, potentially Mike McDaniel, head coach of the, for the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins uh, hired Vic Fangio, and Vic Fangio had Kenny Baker as his assistant D-line coach. Maybe that could have been it because we know Sark loves the Shanahan tree. I mean, Jeff, how had a, uh, a better theory. I think it actually holds a little bit more water. Kenny Baker, uh, Pete Jenkins is an old-time defensive line coach. I think he's in his 80s now, and he was still – helping coach the, the, the LSU D-line. Like, this dude is an OG, all right, in the D-line community. Um, coached for the Philadelphia Eagles, coached their D-line. Um, but in his resume, he has these gaps in his resume, like four or five-year gaps. I think he's got like four or five of them in the last 20, 20 30 years. And the gaps apparently is when he, I don't know, whatever he's doing, he's taking time in between, but he has these coaching clinics that he has in, in, in between because he's such kind of a made man in the D-line community. And Kenny Baker was one of the D-line coaches that went there for mentorship under Pete Jenkins. And Pete Jenkins reportedly used to always visit Alabama, you know, just visiting practices, just trying to siphon information from Nick Saban because Nick Saban was a fan of Pete Jenkins because he's been like – 20, 30 years at LSU, in and out, in and out uh, at different times. And there might have been a connection in 2019 that Pete Jenkins might have met Sark around that time at Alabama. And if that is the case, then the recommendation could have come from Pete Jenkins. The Sark might have went to the OG, D-line coach, and went, hey, man, you got somebody? I need, I need somebody dynamic. I need somebody young, got good energy. I need somebody who can develop talent and gave him kind of a checklist. And then maybe he came up with the name, hey, Kenny Baker is a good name for you. Could have came from, you know, Pete Jenkins. And Pete Jenkins, by the way, followed. He was actually in at USC as the D-line coach right before Sark got there. Sark got there in 2014, I believe it was. And he was, Pete Jenkins was the defensive line coach at USC in 2013. So that's also another different way. We're trying to just look for the, the connective tissue <laughs> that connects the degrees of separation from Sark to Kenny Baker. That may be one of them. 
uh, to keep in mind that he may just been one of those clinics. And if Pete Jenkins and Sark's path cross at any point, whether it be back in 2013, 2014, or if it, if it was his time at Alabama, then that could be where the recommendation came from. Because apparently Pete Jenkins is really high on Kenny Baker. And he used to go to those coaching camps all the time. And that could be the connection we're talking about. Because Tyson Helton went to Pete Jenkins to get – and Tyson Helton was the, uh, the Western Kentucky coach. He went to Pete Jenkins to get the recommendation for Kenny Baker. Well, and that may be why he's such a fast riser is because he's got a, he's got a reference that is considered one of the OGs in the D-line community. If you're looking for a Jedi, you call Yoda, right? And you try to figure out. Yeah, exactly right. Like, yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's um, the, that's the, no, that's the well, theory. That's the theory. We well, got to sure. ask Sark about it and get confirmation, but that's the theory. I think it's a good one. Well, in, in his statement yesterday, Coach uh, Sark said, uh, Kenny came highly recommended from people in the industry that I really respect. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, who is he respect? And Nick Saban, he really respects it. So it could have been a Saban thing, but I think if it, if it came from Saban, it was through Pete Jenkins. Yeah, that's right. Because of their connection. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that, that makes sense. You're, you're, that's what you network for. That's why you want to be. Be in good, good standing with folks and uh, have people have a high opinion of you because you just want them to put your name out there, right? And if yeah. you're digging to get the right candidate that fills the boxes you're looking for, because uh, as we said uh, last night on the On Texas live stream, um, if you know you call a guy like Pete Jenkins and say, look, who's the guy I should hire that five years from now I'm going to be pissed off that I didn't hire him? Because mm-hmm. he's he's that I'm coaching good. against him. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> right. Making my life right. Now. Who is that guy? Uh, mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. And you know, Sark's um, history with Tashard Choice and Chris Jackson, I think, speak for you know the, the type of coaches he's looking for. He wants young, mm-hmm. aggressive. Yeah. Um, you know coaches that connect with kids, connect with young people, uh, but also like to recruit and like to coach, like to develop. Right. And they also have that NFL. You know, bad because yep. you combine the Longhorn brand, as you said on the recruiting trail, with NFL experience. Well, you're speaking their language because that's they want to play mm-hmm. in you know in the SEC, big games, University of Texas flagship in the state. But man, I want to play on Sundays too. Um, Tashard Choice, Chris Jackson, and now uh, Kenny Baker all bring that. Uh, that same mindset. You add to that, Steve Sarkeesian's been in the NFL as a coach. Kyle Flood has been in the NFL as a coach, of course. And, um, you know, those are the kind of, you know, selling points you're looking for uh, for 16, 17, 18-year-old yep. young football players. Uh, all right, there's good stuff behind the BOC. Longhorns are uh, deep into their winter workouts now and uh, working with Tori Beckton, the strength and conditioning coach, while the uh, coaches are out recruiting. Now, look, folks have asked about next Wednesday. Like, today's the last day of January. Next Wednesday is uh, – you know, the, the, the late signing window mm-hmm. for high school recruiting, there's nothing. It's empty. Um, yeah, you know, it's the crickets, Longhorns man. are done. Uh, Hayes yeah. in the barn for their 2024 recruiting class. Those coaches uh, that you see out on the recruiting trail, if you're following social media, they're out recruiting. That's most of college football. Sure it is. Sure it is. And it's just, it, there's not going to be much happening. So Because um, the transfer portal's taking all that buzz. And then before that, the early signing day, that's the, that's the new signing day. Well, there was some hope in the beginning of January before Bo Davis left that there was long was going to try D-line. to flip from D linemen that were previously committed, and Bo Davis had some good ends. But uh, with Bo Davis leaving, those those recruitments yeah. pretty much ended, and now they're off to twenty twenty five and twenty six, and then the portal in the spring will be the next uh, mm-hmm. next opportunity for. Uh, I would guess for and speculate for you know any type of addition to the roster that'll come after yeah. spring practice. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Appreciate Rod Babers behind the burnt orange curtain. Good stuff on Kenny Baker and where the link to Steve Sarkeesian and the staff uh, comes from. And uh, it's a good deep dive right there. 
Uh, Longhorns now full with their coaching staff into the recruiting season. Uh, speaking of coaching, carousels, we talked about all morning that uh, law, uh, Texans fans are happy. Bobby Slowick returns as their offensive coordinator on a pay up pay increase. Also, Jared Gerard Johnson, the former Texas A&M quarterback, uh, he is a, seen as a pretty fast riser in the in the field of quarterback development. Uh, his work with C.J. Stroud and previous quarterbacks, so uh, they keep both of them. Uh, from pursuing other or leaving for other jobs, I think that's huge. I mean, uh, one thing you want with uh, C.J. Stroud right now, as great as he was as a rookie, is you want to keep the continuity as close as, you know, as much as you can. Uh, and Bobby Slowick and he worked to you know work together all all last offseason with a rookie play caller and a rookie quarterback, and the results were tremendous. Um, I'm not saying that C.J. would have you know not flourished under another offensive coordinator, but to keep the two together and keep his quarterbacks coach in place, I think that's big for the organization and, and the McNair family to step up and make the financial investment to keep it. Because now you have, if you're a Texans fan, what all organizations covet, and that's a, a really, really good quarterback on a rookie deal. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to talk about next contracts until, you know, three, four, three years from now. Uh, and that's an opportunity, that's a window where you can build a roster, uh, have more flexibility with the cap, and the Texans have a lot of cap money anyhow. So if it took you investing in your coaching staff uh, to keep all those guys together and keep that continuity on the offensive side of the ball where De while D'Amico Ryans builds the defense, that's a good direction right now because we've seen you know, Patrick Mahomes as a young quarterback taking his team to the Super Bowl, Joe Burrow before his big deal. You know, this really started back with when they put the rookie deals in. Russell Wilson was one of those first quarterbacks that uh, they were able to build that Legion of Boom defense and make runs to the Super Bowl. Then you got to invest into the, the big-time contract, and it does alter how much flexibility you have within the cap. So Houston now in that window, um, which is good to see. Also, the big story came from Detroit, where Ben Johnson, uh, the rising coach, I mean, it was for a, for a good 10 days, the uh, – not even the speculation, just the assumption was that uh, when the when the Lions season ended, the Washington football team and the commanders were going to hire Ben Johnson. And as we said, they were flying to meet with him yesterday, and he put out the word that he's going to stay in Detroit and double back and run it back with the Lions. So Washington kind of left wondering, okay, now, because if, that, if that's the case, right, and you're waiting on this coach and you feel like he's going to be interested, and now all of a sudden he's not, well, now you don't see you, you start over because they had been interviewing coaches. Uh, this is where a guy like Dan Quinn, the, Texas, the, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, gets back, pat, put back on the front burner potentially there in Washington. And because, uh, you know, if you don't get your number one choice, you want to get your number two choice, and Dan Quinn is still available. Some suggest that Bobby Slowick down in Houston might have been their number two choice because they do have the number two pick in Washington. They are going to take a quarterback, and you want one of these young quarterback whisperers, but uh, both Houston and uh, Detroit retain their young coordinator. So you may move on to Dan Quinn. Know you've got a guy who can coach your defense and uh, find one of these young offensive coordinators to come in and uh, – you know, Dan Quinn is seen as a great leader and, you know, developer of men and those kind of things. Uh, you still need a quarterback guy, uh, which you can find, much like D'Amico Ryans just did, right? The, the the Falcons are doing it with Raheem Morris right now. Now, you can bring in Dan Quinn and then bring in the offensive mind that you want. That can work, too, if you don't get the coordinator. So, uh, on that end, Seattle also vacant right now. And uh, this, this morning, uh, Tom Pelissaro of the NFL Network uh, says Seattle's going to have a second interview with Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. And here's the key line here. Seattle met with McDonald for the first time on Tuesday in Baltimore. Now the club will bring him to, to the Pacific Northwest for a more extensive process. That's a good sign if you're the 
you know the Seahawks and this is your guy. The fact that uh, you met with him in, in his, on his turf yesterday, things went well enough that okay, now let's go back to Seattle and see if we can finalize this thing. Of course, uh, he's he did a great job at the Baltimore Ravens defense. He was at Michigan uh, with Jim Harbaugh before that at the college level, seen as one of the fast risers on the defensive side of the ball. He's only 36 years old, so keep an eye on that. But uh, if he ends up in Seattle, where we kind of thought maybe Dan Quinn could land, uh, Washington's still an option, according to a lot of folks, uh, for Dan Quinn. So that's where the coaching carousel stands. stands. As for coaches, we know that, uh, and I've had a lot of conversations this morning about Jerry Jones and his coach, Mike McCarthy. He's not going to get a contract extension, but he is going to coach out his, uh, his final year. And yesterday, here's Jerry Jones talking about uh, what they've accomplished other, under Mike McCarthy and what uh, needs to be accomplished still into his final year. I hope it's not different going into uh, the first playoff game where we've got the second seed. I hope it's not different at all to that point where we got the second seed. Okay, now let's talk about how we might make it different against the, when we play in that game and, and uh, get a win. Okay, we need to stop the run better. And we need to um, uh, be more uh, physical, and we need to run better. Be specific. We need uh, to do those kinds, uh, those kinds of things. And so my point is, I look at that, and I look at. Uh, uh, I thought we made a pretty good move four years ago when we hired Mike McCarthy, and he's had some great in-season uh, success. Now he's come up short three times three times and advanced us in the playoff, okay? But I like the fact that he's hanging around the rim. And I like what the team has done to, find, uh, to hang around the rim. So I think um, uh, what the answer that I would have is that I'm aware that we're hanging around the rim. Uh, we're not getting the ball in, but we're hanging around the rim. Uh, let's don't uh, uh, discount hanging around the rim and uh, where we are right now with the players we've got. And I'm thinking about it from the whole, whole look. Uh, the real question is, is uh, uh, I'm not doing what I was doing 30 years ago. I'm not doing what I was doing 20 years ago on a personal basis. I think about a lot of things differently. That's important because if I were doing the very same things over the last 30 years, 20 years, okay, uh, then unless you looked at the whole report card, the report card you're seeing about winning in the playoffs, uh, I don't like. There's some other parts of the report card that uh, what you don't have privy to that uh, you might like. Uh, you make of that what you will. We're hanging around the rim was said five times, if you were counting, and uh, – you know, don't discount hanging around the rim. That is true. You want to put yourself in that position, but uh, what are we going to do next time around to you know, win a ball game, win two ball games, win some games in the playoffs? That's the question. I think that's the question everyone's answering. Jerry didn't really answer it. Now, he did say when we get to that game, uh, we have to stop the run better. We've got to run the ball better and be more physical. But, you know, then that's a fair, logical next question for the general manager. Well, when you got to that game, you didn't have enough linebackers <laughs> um, to play – 
you know, heavy sets against run base and you had your defensive coordinator at some level was forced to go to dime looks with big defensive backs to try to stop the run. Uh, yes, there were injuries and Leighton Van Der Esch got hurt and DeMarvion Overshone got hurt at linebacker, but got to be able to plug pieces so that you can play the type of defense you want to play when you get to that point. And he said you want to run the ball better, but, you know, the, the, the general manager in the front office never addressed running back last year except for putting the franchise tag on Tony Pollard. Uh, and assuring he was back, but there was you know, Rico Dowdle and Deuce Vaughn. There really was no other you know, answer at running back when there were available running backs, both through the draft and through trades potentially, and uh, that didn't get addressed. So that's the frustration of Cowboy fans. Hanging around the rim is, is not good enough. Uh, and obviously, will this stay the course plan, be good enough? Meanwhile, your chief rival in your own division has changed offensive and defensive coordinators in Philadelphia. Now Kellen Moore. You know, your former OC is calling plays for Jalen Hurts, uh, Vic Fangio, who's been one of the premier defensive minds in, the, in football the last 10 years. Uh, he is now running the defense there. So they are making changes. You are staying the course and staying pat. Um, we'll see how that goes into the offseason. Uh, and, you know, we just heard from Jerry Jones. There you go. That's where it stands. Uh, what, any thoughts from you, Cowboy fan, Ty, on uh, can you make anything of what you just heard from, from, from Jarrett right there? Uh, the usual gibberish, you know, with, with some <laughs> some underlying, you know, nuggets in there. So I, I don't I don't know. I, it's it's too early to even start thinking about how this team's gonna uh, play next year. I, I I do agree with him. They need the the focus on being more physical on the defensive side of the ball and and finding somebody besides Jonathan Hankins that can uh, help stuff the run. Yeah, more linebackers too. And you may have to do without Dan Quinn. That's the other part of that. That's why we played those together. The Dan Quinn, I do think, is still a strong candidate at Washington after Washington was spurned by Ben Johnson. So you may have to replace your defensive coordinator. By the way, uh, Ty, I know you, you follow the, the Cowboys blogs and deep dive. There, there's thoughts that if Dan Quinn leaves, that Al Harris, uh, who's already on the staff, which wouldn't be unlike Jerry to promote from within. Have you heard that name as a possible replacement for Dan Quinn if he leaves? Uh, I've heard Al Harris. I've also heard Ron Rivera as a name to to look out for. Ooh. But I, I think I think Dan Campbell will be back. I think it's probably a seventy well, percent chance at this point. Well, I think that's why I say I think that 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 percentage took a hit yesterday when Ben Johnson stayed in Detroit because that's who Washington wanted to hire. But now you're not getting him, or you're not getting Bobby Slowick, and it looks like Mike McDonald could be headed to Seattle. So if you're Washington, you need a coach. Um, I know Dan. I knew you just fired a defensive coach in Ron Rivera. Um, but Dan Quinn is an established coach. He's available. We'll see. We'll see where they go in Washington. But you're right. There's, there's still a good chance he's back unless Washington decides he's their guy. And we'll find that out. Uh, also, uh, and what's popping, Ty, it is uh, that segment. And uh, I'm still looking at this, scratching my head. Here it is. Yesterday it was a point and a half. And now here we are, 11 days to the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs are now a two-point underdog, Ty. Two-point underdog. Uh, money's still coming in on the Niners here. What, what am I not seeing that the, uh, the gambling public is seeing here? Because uh, Niners getting two points in this Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Uh, both teams are really good. Obviously, the defense of the Chiefs is better than the 49ers right now, in my opinion. Uh, but both teams are loaded. Uh, but when you come down to them, Holmes Purdy, I mean, why are the Chiefs the underdog in this game? Explain it to me. I don't know. I can't explain that to you. Um, I'm, not, I'm not betting on the 49ers, that's for sure. I, I know. I'm sticking well, with Patrick Mahomes and what I know. Well, it's funny. I was looking at oddshark.com, and they've got their power ranking. Um, 
You know, they, they still have the Niners ranked as one of their top two or three teams in all the pro football. Chiefs not as high, and I guess that's where the two points come from. It's a neutral site. Neither team will have a home, home field advantage there. It'll be a more, mostly a corporate crowd, right? Those tickets are going for $12,000 in the door for one ticket, and it's not like Joe, Joe Q Public and Joe Fan can get into these games. Um, this is a corporate crowd, so the, the, home, the advantage for as far as the crowd goes, like you get an Arrowhead or Levi Stadium won't be there for either side, so it's an even matchup. But, man, giving me Patrick Mahomes, who, who's Patrick freaking Mahomes, and two points, oh, my goodness. I'm jumping all over that uh, right there. Uh, all right, so there's uh, the what's popping from football. We've got all three Texas NBA teams in action tonight if you're looking for some hoops. Um, Ty, does this number surprise you that the Timberwolves are the, one of the best teams in the West, maybe if not the best team? Mavericks are playing in Minnesota, and they're getting 13 points? No, no Luka Doncic or Kyrie today. Oh, what's up so, with Luka? Uh, I think he's just taken he's, – he's, uh, Kyrie's oh. been out the past few uh, games, and I think he's just been carrying the load. I think it's going to be a, a rest – situation yeah, i mean luke had that 73 point game back he on had 45 Friday. the game after i know but now he's playing this is so bad for the nba that we had a game last week where joel Embiid scored 70 plus 70 points and then turned around and didn't play uh when they played the celtics it's like you know come on now uh, these are the games we want to see you playing or you know it's just um either way but also tonight thunder nuggets that's a really good game the defending champions against the young and rising Oklahoma City Thunder, Spurs, and Magic tonight. Rockets are playing the Pelicans this evening. That looks like a good game. Uh, and there is Big 12 basketball tonight. A couple of games as they jockey for spots in the uh, crazy Big 12 conference. What are you going to be watching tonight there, T.Y.? I'll probably see if this Mavericks team can keep it within the number with all the backups. I've been watching, yeah, a lot. Exactly. I've been watching more and more NBA the past few weeks. Okay. This says, guys, the, uh, the gambling public are emotionally betting against Taylor Swift. Maybe that's it. I don't know. They're betting with emotion, which is never a good thing. I'll take Mahomes. All right, Ty, have a great one. Good stuff right there. Appreciate Rod and everybody today. Nick Shuley with Setlist ATX and the tickets we gave away. Uh, we'll do five more hours tomorrow. It'll be a Thursday. It'll be the first day of February. Join us at 6 a.m.